Section 17 of Unprofessional Tales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jennifer McEwen. Unprofessional Tales by Norman Douglas. Section 17. Belladonna. Miss Dorothy Melville to her mother. My dearest mother, I am quite well, and I hope you are the same. When are you coming back to England? Please come as soon as you can, because you have already stayed away so long, and you are so far away. Aunt has given me a most beautiful workbox, which I like very much, and I am longing to show it to you. I am sure you will like it too. It has been raining hard for two days, and I am nearly always indoors. Aunt has just been here and has read this letter I am writing and she says that she would gladly take me to you if you would allow her, will you? I would be so happy, but she also said that I am no trouble to her, and that she will keep me here as long as you would like, and that she will write to you in a day or two, but I do so want to be with you. And she also says I am to write and tell you exactly about the two Fortescue children, although it will take me an awfully long time to do so, and I think I shall never do it but she says that you will wish to hear all about it as you know their mother so well, who has always been so unkind to them, and Aunt said that I ought indeed be thankful to have a mother who is not like theirs, and I think so too. So I met Bertie Fortescue on Friday morning, and you know he's only four years younger than I am, and ever so nice. I often used to play with him and his sister Daisy almost every day, but I never liked Daisy so much as him, because she often spoke so naughtily, although she's only five. And when Bertie told me, let's go for a run to Oakley Woods, because you know he and Daisy are nearly always alone, and their mother does not mind a bit what they do or where they go to, and their nurse has her holiday. So I said yes, and we went, but when Daisy saw us go, she shouted so much that we had to take her too. And when we got there, Daisy found a beautiful little cherry tree with black cherries growing all over it, which I never saw before, and just the same color as her very own eyes, because Bertie's eyes are blue, and she said that they were wood cherries, and that because she had found them, she was going to eat them all herself, but I told her she was greedy, which indeed she always was, and then Bertie said, I say, I know, let's have them for tea, all three of us this afternoon, and let's invite mother as well, and let's pretend and send her a real invitation as if it were a real party. And so Daisy thought a bit and said, all right, let's pretend, and she got all the cherries, lots of them, and filled them into Bertie's sailor hat and got her hands ever so messy with them, and we carried them home to their room and never let her eat a single one of them, and hid them in their old doll's house. And then they asked me to write a real invitation, because I was the eldest, for them to leave on their mother's dressing table. So I wrote it out just like this. Mr. and Miss Fortescue desire the presence of Mrs. Fortescue at tea this day in the old nursery. There will be cherries. Then Daisy went and pinned it to her mother's dressing table, where she knew she would find it soonest when she came home. I could have written it better for them, but I had no time, as I had to run back to Aunt for luncheon. But at luncheon, Aunt told me that I could not go to tea with them, 
because she had promised to take me to see Mrs. Hellyer that very afternoon, so I ran and told them about it. And then they told me that their mother had also said she would be away the whole afternoon and could not come to their party, and that they were to mind and be good children, and that her maid would take them for a short walk at half-past two, and that afterwards they could have their tea alone and do what they liked. But Daisy said she thought it nasty of her mother always to leave them alone or to send them out walking with her nasty maid. So Bertie got quite angry with her and said, What will Dorothy think of you if you go on talking like that? You mustn't talk like that. You know you mustn't, Daisy. But I believe he thought so too. At last they decided they would arrange the party, just as if I and their mother were coming all the same and pretend we were there all the time. And when Aunt and I drove home from Mrs. Hellier's, it was nearly seven. But Aunt allowed me to stop the carriage at the Fortescue's house, because I had told Bertie I would try to come and see them when they were all alone again after their party. So I ran along the drive and up the steps and into the house. But I did not see either Mrs. Fortescue or anyone else in the house, although I heard the servants below. And then I went up to the old nursery and saw that they had eaten up all the cherries from an empty plate on the table. But Daisy was lying on the floor with her black hair all over her face and never spoke a word to me. And Bertie sat still in a corner of the room. Then I thought they were only playing some game and pretending, you know. So I went up close to him, but he looked quite white in the face and was so unhappy that I got afraid and ran downstairs to Aunt. Then she went up to the nursery and came down again and sent some of the servants for Mrs. Fortescue and drove herself and fetched Dr. Simmons in our carriage and sent me away home alone on foot. So I wondered what was the matter. And when Aunt came home, she told me that the Fortescue children were both quite dead and that I must never see either of them again. And Dr. Simmons came later in the evening and asked me a lot about those cherries. He said they were not at all real cherries, but he thinks that they must have been planted by the wind from some seed of some plant, which Major Arbuthnot brought from abroad long ago into his plant garden. You know, he is the man who looks so like poor father. An aunt says, it is funny that a man who looks so like poor father should so nearly have been the cause of my death, as if father already wished me to live in heaven with him. And she says, it is a blessing I was spared and a mercy, and a providential escape, and a warning. So now I have told you all, and you cannot think how much I have cried. I am often unhappy and cross about myself, which I ought not to be, for Aunt is so very good to me. But I do so long to be with you again. And the Fortescue children are to be buried in the churchyard tomorrow, both together, but I am not to go. But Aunt took me to see the grave this afternoon. It is full of rainwater and very deep, and near the wall where I found the robin's nest with you last spring. So now, goodbye. Please, dearest mother, write soon to me and come. Your affectionate daughter, Dorothy. P.S. I heard Mrs. Hellyer say to Aunt that Captain Beaumont was staying at the very same hotel as you are. If you ever see him, please say that I have nearly done the pocket handkerchief I am doing for him. The End End of section 17. Recording by Jennifer McEwen. End of Professional Tales by Norman Douglas.